Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How are you all? I trust fantastic. You're in good health. And if you're not, you're recovering. Uh, all of that jazz, right? So we are continuing our real estate crime series. You know what to do. If you don't, press one, let me know you're here. Press two, let me know you shared it. Give some love. I'm Lisa Gillette, real estate broker, your show, your host, your creator, founder of all these awesome things happening on Ready, Set, Real Estate. I am so happy to share with you. We are going to continue our real estate series and we will be kicking off class next Wednesday. So next Wednesday, we are going to do a class and I'm I'm debating whether we're going to go, we're going to kick off with investments and investing or if we're going to talk about selling properties with a trust, because I'm seeing this shift in dynamic. I'm there's this theme. I've got a lot of older clients. I've got a lot of trust sales. I've got people uh, dealing with probates. So I'm 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 in limbo. But I also want to talk to one of my colleagues as well. Since he's since he's already doing great things, um, I'm going to see if I can borrow some of his time to come in and talk about um, you know purchasing an LLC business credit and all that fun stuff that he's doing. So I've been watching him and I know he's got uh, an event coming up soon sometime towards the end of the month. So maybe we can do a little cross promotion, but I he doesn't know that I'm going to tap on his shoulder and say, listen, I need you to come over here on the show and uh, do that for our uh, audience and our listeners. Oh, before I jump into that, you know, I've got to do about announcements, right? So shout out to those of you who are listening to us on LinkedIn. I'm so happy to be connected with our LinkedIn family. Listen, I've been doing, we're like a hundred, we're over 500 episodes in. Uh, and I just have, I was like, when is LinkedIn going to do video? And I had to like repurpose and upload and it just wasn't fun. But now that we can do live, I love it. So again, make sure you say hi, press one, let me know you're in the chat. And um, I've got to do something weird with how I'm, I'm navigating this. Hold on. Let me let me do this. Let me do this. Let me let's go ahead and press one. I'm here. Press two lets me know you shared it. Uh, shout out to those of you who are listening to us live on Twitter. I think Periscope redid their whole thing and their platform. So we are on Twitter. We are on uh, Facebook Live. We are on YouTube Live. Hi to YouTube, uh, to my YouTube audience. And if you're tuning in for the first time, listen, I welcome you. Welcome you to the Ready, Set, Real Estate community and tribe. We have, have tons of archive classes that we did last year. I mean, I pumped out like over 100 classes. Listen. Uh, between 2019 and 2021, I mean, over a hundred classes that we were doing both live and in person. If you are local to Southern California, I'm an LA based, uh, real estate broker, and I am really excited to be connected, reconnected live again. I kind of went dark and that was because your girl's in school, you know, and so fingers crossed that I... I make it to, I advance to my next year, my next year of school, because it was a tough year last year. It was really tough. And um, it, it has been tough. So Ebony Campbell says, she's, she's like, I shared it. Thank you, sis. Appreciate the love. And a shout out to also those of you who are connected with my brother, my brother, my friend, longtime friend, Evan Jefferson of ERGJ, ERGJ 
of the channel, the platform, and the BBC members. I know, I know y'all over there learning about the crypto game. So of course, I'm gonna have to get Evan on the show to come talk about a little of the cryptocurrency. As a matter of fact, Evan, 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 I trust you are well, my brother. Evan, I want you on the show to talk about your crypto. Real, you have been not only has he leveraged his cryptocurrency to uh, create new loans, new money, but he also is using his cryptocurrency to purchase real estate assets and portfolio. I'm going to get into a snippet of that towards the end of today's topic. Today, we are continuing our series on real estate crimes. We are on, uh, no, we are not on episode uh, 144. Let me fix that. We are on 145. We are on one, 145. So 145 and we're talking about Walter Forbes, kind of a different side of Forbes. Everybody wants, talks about the Forbes list, Fortune 500, top this, top that. But we're going to talk about Walter Forbes and his, uh, you know, his background as a federal prisoner. Uh, and and the, as this series continues, we've been talking about real estate crimes, some very notable real estate crimes. Last week, we talked about selling the Brooklyn Bridge. That was fun, wasn't that? We talked about how <laughs> uh, it, it was uh, George Parker who sold the uh, Brooklyn Bridge twice a week, at least twice a week for 30 years to unknowing vulnerable immigrants. And how that was discovered was one of the purchasers who says, I've got the deed to the Brooklyn Bridge. He sought to install a toll booth. So yeah, he sought to install a toll booth on the Brooklyn Bridge. And it was really interesting when they said, uh, yeah, excuse me, you, you what? You paid for the, no, 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 no. Who, who, who did that? So that's what ended up happening. So today we will do our show as a classroom style. So let's get, uh, unless you've got any comments and questions about the last couple episodes of the show, we can talk about anything um, that you would like to speak on as well. That's why I love the lies because you get to kind of consult with the professional. Uh, by the way, let me give my full disclaimer. <laughs> full disclaimer. Uh, please do not consider any of the information on the show as legal advice. If you have a specific question, a specific scenario, please consult the respected professionals, albeit the accounting, accountant professionals, the uh, lawyers slash attorneys uh, that are in your respective state. So oftentimes when I speak specifically, I will speak in general terms, but then if I'm speaking uh, specifically about something that's California-based, California law, California real estate, I will share that as well. So also it's always, it helps me, especially when we are dialoguing on the lives and I'm you catch me on the live and we are having a live discussion. It does help me for you to let me know what state you are in as it relates to your question, because um, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm knowledgeable about respective states and general real estate overall, but your states can have some very state specific scenarios going on. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Like I said, there has been so much going on in real estate since the pandemic. We are in year three, year three of the pandemic. Trust you are all still holding on to your properties. I have uh, been talking about uh, notice of defaults, notice of trustees forbearance, loan modifications, and I've got, I attended 
a webinar this morning that was talking about the second trust deeds that those uh, lenders are now moving forward on foreclosing on. So uh, we are going to bring that up to the community and we will talk more about foreclosures uh, with the second trust deeds. But for today's topic, we're going to talk more about crimes because, uh, of course, uh, I was just going along the theme of my criminal law class. <laughs> and so I was like, let's talk about these real estate crimes and we'll continue these series, wrap it up. And we've got a great schedule. So remember, for 2022, we've got a host of classes that we be, that we'll do live. You can catch them on the replay. My stuff is free unless I tell you I'm going to pay for you pay for it. But you do know the price of admission here is you press one, let me know you're here. And two, lets me know you shared it. That is the price of admission for viewing, attending and sharing. Okay. And of course, you know, I always give free game, freebies, free game, free game. That's all. I'm always giving you free game. All right. Let me prepare this slide real quick. And um, I'm going to prepare some, you know, get my water. And, uh, you know, I'm still doing giveaways as well. So if you pay attention and I ask you a question and you answer correctly, guess what? We'll ship you already set real estate 16 ounce mugs. I love this mug, by the way, as you can see, mine's a little worn, you know, I've, I've already had it for some years. Can you imagine? So yeah, so pay attention. I ask you some questions. You first to respond. We'll get you uh, one of these uh, ready, set real estate mugs. All right. Also, um, we do have tons of swag too. So, you know, ready, set real estate snapbacks. I mean, tons of stuff going on. See, I've, I've got, you can't see it though, because it's in gray. Yeah, you can't see it. But anyway, fun stuff happening. Okay. So as my slide is preparing, let's bring that up. Let's get rid of that one. Selling Brooklyn. We did selling Swampland. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Tons of stuff and information. All right, let's see. So we're going to talk about Sendant, right? This corporation called Sendant, also known as the Hotel um, Franchise Systems. Let's see. Okay, my slide's getting ready here. Let me know how you've been, how you've been holding up in this market. What are your real estate goals for 2022? Hello, hashtag real estate goals in the comments below. What are those real estate goals, albeit you are looking to purchase or invest in your first property, looking to uh, refinance, get better rates, lower your payments, do a cash out. Um, what else? Looking to get a trust. We'll be revisiting that. It is a disservice, I think, for anyone to sell you a property and not talk about getting a trust or recommending it or pointing you in the direction and getting a trust. You don't buy a car without insurance. Don't get out here and buy a property without a living trust, revocable trust, irrevocable trust, or LLCs or corporations. This is one of, this is one of the largest investments that you will make in your life. It is a disservice. It is a disservice, I think, for professional not to discuss with you about how to protect those assets. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Also, shout out to our radio podcast listeners on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple, Google, Stitcher. I mean, it's a long list of our podcast family and community as well. Uh, I love what I love what Spotify is doing. And they are looking likely to compete with the with the video game. 
because now Spotify is allowing you to view video, right? So if you are a content creator, pay attention. Spotify is doing some uh, really great things. Okay. Our slide is ready. Da -da -dum. Classes in session. Classes in session. All right. So we're going to start, start off from the top again. We are kicking off uh, 2022. Actually, we started for my personal year, December, right? So I'm a, I'm a December baby. And so we started talking about real estate crimes in December. We've got a couple more uh, episodes that we will continue. I think we've got about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. So we've got three more episodes on real estate crimes, and then we will switch gears into some other things. Uh, some other topics, but very important in terms of learning the history of real estate. And I think I've been, I think I've been sharing good tips, at least from the feedback that I've been getting. I've been sharing some great tips about how to avoid some of this, uh, these hiccups, right? All right. So Sendant, Sendant was actually uh, the rebranded name, but originally the corporation was known as Hospitality franchise systems. These are my notes that I'll follow along. And it really helps, especially for those of you who are looking to invest in the commercial industry. We're going to be talking about commercial real estate and a snippet on real estate investment trust, because I do get questions about REITs oftentimes. And I, my best advice on REITs, I will share towards the end of the show. So stick around. So Sendiant uh, was in the business of purchasing hotels. They, are, they were in the hotel game. So purchased Howard Johnson's, Ramada Inn, and Super 8 Motels. And then when they started it, once they, to, to uh, satisfy their appetite for hotels, um, because now they've gone in and bought up all what they could, right, or get their hands on, they then expanded to real estate real estate, specifically real estate brokerages. So they purchased Century 21 and Colwell Banker for hundreds, not not just, you know, pennies on a dollar, hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Here's what's interesting with this story is that Sindan is still around. So this is kind of their, kind of the past, uh, you know, their, their growing pains because they thought they were growing. And the reason they thought where they were growing was because their CEO at the time, Walter Forbes, right? Remember that name? Who's familiar with Walter Forbes? Yeah, most of us, right? We, we, we're familiar with Forbes, right? It's Forbes list. So Walter Forbes at the time was the CEO of the then rebranded company, uh, which became Sendant. So Sendant, decided they were going to do an internal audit. They got new board of directors and you know how that goes, right? When the command changes, people start to clean house. And so now they're looking at clean house and guess what they found? That they weren't actually making the profits that they thought they were making. Why not? Well, because Walter Forbes and his homies, <laughs> His other the other top executives were misstating. And when you are misstating and someone is, is relying on your misstatements, that's the issue. When we have a reliance 
on someone's misstatement to continue to act, do, or move in a certain direction where you are inducing that movement, right? What are we talking about here? Fraud. Drop that in the comments below. Hashtag fraud, uh, right? So hashtag fraud. When you have fraud happening here, uh, now things are a little bit, uh, it just gets a little serious because we're talking about not hundred dollars, that not thousands of dollars. We're talking about millions of dollars of misstatement in income and assets for this particular company. So could you imagine being a shareholder in this company? And this is why I wanted to speak on uh, REITs towards the end, because could you imagine being a shareholder in this company and you are relying on the company's reports, right? The, the, the quarterly reportings, the semi-annual reportings, the annual reportings, and that's kind of the tricky thing when we talk about investing as shareholders and corporations and even REITs for that matter. So essentially what we have is securities fraud. That's what's happening in a nutshell, because they were inflating the income and the assets. They were inflating the valuation. And so now when you have a spreadsheet and you're relying as a spreadsheet as a board of director as a company and in, in whole and thankfully so and here's what's interesting because sendan itself right was not the company that the feds came in and they were screw they were scrutinizing this was an internal audit so here it is and, and we've got to look at it from this perspective you never know you know, who you're working with, the people you're working with. I mean, you are relying on other people to be professional, to be ethical, operate from integrity. But there's that thing called greed. Oh, there's that thing called greed. And this is why I wanted to touch on real estate crimes is because these are the aspects. And this is what Ready, Set, Real Estate is about, right? Because especially I, I spent some time and I'm doing research on these real estate reality TVs uh, uh, shows. I went, I, I, so I was watching one of the recent ones um, at Selling Tampa, I think it was. And so it was really interesting to see kind of what they were portraying. And I'm going to talk more about this uh, as I talk more about real estate as a business, because I thought it was really interesting and I'm going off on a topic, but I'll come back because it's interesting as the broker is, uh, you know, considering expanding and putting, you know, who's next is in the chain of command. And you have two agents who are vying for that next position. And not that I have any skinny or scoop on them doing anything unethical or improper, but see, it's really easy when you have people who are looking to, uh, you know, be in a certain position what are their motivations, right? Uh, what do they have going on? What are their goals? Does that align with the company? And it's so funny because you never know, right? You never know what someone else is after. They're working for you, but they've got an ulterior motive. They've got an ulterior motive. So before I move on to Sendant or move on to Walter Forbes and talk about just kind of 
the fraud aspect, the counts and et cetera. I want to talk about commercial real estate and especially what's happening in commercial real estate. And as you can see, Sendan is a holder of these companies, right? It's an investment company, holder and owner of Howard Johnson. You have Travelers Lodge, Ramada Inn, Super 8, Days Inn, Village. Um, I'm not familiar with Villager. So some of these might be some like Midwest and Nice Inn, not familiar. So depending where you are, right? So like I'm familiar with the Travelers Lodge, Howard Johnson, Ramada, Super 8, Days Inn. Those are kind of the bigger names, not familiar with the other companies, but I'm sure uh, those are also large companies in other parts of the United States. But here's what's really interesting as we talk about commercial real estate in two, 2022, right? So let's talk about it. Uh, my short code for commercial, at least in our, our database is hashtag CX, right? So uh, hashtag CX, drop that in the comments below, hashtag CX, right? Hashtag CX commercial right that references a uh, commercial real estate transactions so with commercial real estate whole different ball game and especially i'm going to talk about a little bit about financing and just kind of what those categories are so commercial real estate is going to be your hotels your offices your warehouses your manufacturing buildings um your industrial buildings your apartments Part, apartments, right? So some of you may be apartment holders and not realize you're in, whether you're in the re residential space of apartments or are you in the commercial space of apartments? So the rule of thumb is, right? The definition of once we talk about units, five units or more is considered commercial real estate. And it's easy. It's easy. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for dropping that. It's easy. Um, to drop in, thank you, the Ebony Show, love it, thank you, sis, it's really to confuse the financing aspect of commercial real estate. So if you purchase one to four units, pay attention to this, game changer, and you hear this a lot, right? So one to four units, you can purchase small apartments with little, just a little, with three and a half percent down. How much? How much? 3.5, 3.5% DP. That's my, my shorthand for down payment, 3.5% down payment. But what's the rule? How many units can you buy with three and a half percent before you get into the commercial market? Four units. Once you add one more unit, and I'm not talking about a collective of a house here or a house there. No, I'm not. That That's more of a portfolio purchase. Okay. I'm talking about on a lot right? So one to four units on a lot, small apartments. So that's your um, clearly single because people should also think about you can still purchase a single family property as a non-owner occupied property and make that an investment property. There's a way to do it. There's a way to kind of hack that. And I'm sure you've heard tons of it, but I'm going to give you my spiel about that. You've got to, there's two exceptions to purchasing a single family with three and a half percent down, right? So at minimum, occupy that property for a year using FHA insured loans, FHA insured loans. FHA is not a lender. FHA is an insurer. They insure the loans. They insure the lender against the risk of you putting less than 20% down. And let me be very clear. 
let me be very clear because most people talk and push and promote fha it is a great opportunity to get your foot in the door but let me say this it is one of the most expensive loan products Ooh, yeah i said it yeah i said it it is one of the most expensive loan products why is that because there's this thing called pmi drop that in the hashtag right hashtag pmi pmi stands for what pmi stands for take your notes you know it's class it's you know classes and session you know when i get on here we, we go we go learn some today we go learn some today uh pmi stands for your private mortgage insurance right and so that's going to show up um in a couple ways right so if you have uh, a fha insured loan you will have a pmi private mortgage insurance or even if you go conventional even if you go conventional and you're putting less than uh depending on the lender and the loan products less than anywhere from five percent it used to be 20 percent down but if you can do five percent you can you can pay the what they call mip and you may say to me lisa what what pmi so for conventional mip right i'm writing it down for you making it easier so that's called the mortgage it's so funny because these are two different loan products but they're talking and charging the same thing right we're talking about the same thing and what is that so for conventional loans conventional refers to what fha refers to as a pmi they call it the mortgage insurance premium why am i sharing this with you is because i want you to be paying attention to your transactional costs when you get your foot in the door people oftentimes think okay i'm going to save three and a half percent down i'm going to save five percent i'll save ten percent i'll save twenty percent but you should be paying attention to also what are called your closing costs your transaction costs right reserves if you're going to do income property okay see now i'm going after now okay we'll talk about it because here's what no one's talking about is this call this thing called when you so i'm going to cover fha insured loans purchasing multifamily units and then i'll talk about commercial uh transactions where that's a whole different ball game and i love it too because it is a game of numbers and spreadsheets and that's that's usually what it is plugging the numbers look at the numbers is it debt servicing debt service debt service right is it debt servicing thank you the ebony show she's got hashtag mip keeping up with us wonderful um so mortgage insurance premium and private mortgage insurance those are trans transactional costs those are the the premium charged by the insurers of the loans because you are putting less than 20 percent down so remember back in the day it used to be you had to pay 20 percent most oftentimes it is very difficult to save 20 percent on a purchase property to purchase property depending where you are now i'm in california and so you can imagine we're talking about 20 percent on the properties here that's about a hundred thousand dollars not practical for your uh average you know first-time buyers that's not a practical scenario so instead what we've seen happen with the government stepping in and that's whole a whole nother discussion i recommend you re read the color of law 
how the unforgotten history of how our government segregated America. Um, great book, great read, um, might make you angry. It, it made me angry, but the more you know, you know, knowledge is power and, and, and application of that knowledge is wisdom is what I like to say. Knowledge is power, that's wonderful, but applying that knowledge is wisdom, is true wisdom. So government steps in, now we've got the FHA insured loans and, and initially the truth be, truth be told, the FHA insured loans were not designed for people of color, unfortunately. So if you want to do something revolutionary, as a person of color is purchase property <laughs> that that would be revolutionary because those loan those loans those products those guidelines ideally were not designed for you to get into the door but now fast forward now hey can't discriminate equal housing opportunity and we've got the um you know the civil rights act etc cetera, etc cetera. so now things are kind of slightly changed but they're not because next week i'm going to talk about um, how there is, uh, and it's a real estate crime in the appraisal industry that is really hurting the black and brown communities because their properties are not being valued, valued equal to their uh, Caucasian and white counterparts. All right. So anyway, put a stick uh, posted in that. We'll come back to that next week. That's what we'll talk about as well. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm telling you, it's just so much been going on that I've been keeping up with it. I've been mind blown that's been happening in real estate during this pandemic. Stay woke, y'all. <laughs> Stay woke. Pay attention. And it's, uh, you know, I'll give you some resources and some things to kind of follow along throughout the year so you can really watch this shift. Because right now we're riding high and mighty. And uh, I see some stuff happening behind the scenes that's really interesting. So as we talk about purchasing with multifamily, now it works if uh, this thing called debt to service, you say to me, Lisa, what is the debt to service ratio, right? Debt to service. What is this debt to service ratio? So, you know, I'm, I'm saying to you, yes. And many people are saying to you, you can purchase an FHA, uh, you can purchase multifamily with an FHA insured loan. You may say, that is awesome. I just had a client come to me with this discussion. The, uh, they're currently in escrow. In fact, they'll be ready to sign loan docs pretty soon. We should have loan docs out today. Woohoo! somebody's getting keys for the new year. And so in the middle of the transaction, they're purchasing a single family. I think with just kind of, you know, just being on social media, because it, it tends to be a very hot topic to talk about using FHA to purchase units. Right. So two to four units, you can purchase using two to four units. Um, you may say, well, I want to just purchase one unit, but I'm not going to use I'm not going to live in it. Well, then guess what? You can't use the FHA insured loan. You cannot. You've got to occupy the property because that insure the, the insurance on that. Right. They're guaranteeing to the lender. Give them an opportunity to get their foot into home ownership. Although they're putting less than 20% down, although they may not be as credit worthy, right? They want FICO scores of 620, et cetera. But remember, excuse me, let me clarify that. FHA does not put an overlay, what we call an overlay requirement on FICO scores. The lender does. So if you aren't getting a loan or your pre-approval, what is my motto? Find a different lender. 
go find a different lender. There's lenders that are very black and white, meaning you've got to look great on paper. Those are your big banks, which traditionally I do not work with big bank lenders. Why? Because most people in the United States have debt. They have lots of debt. Debt impacts your FICO score, your credit score. So if you don't have the best credit score and you don't have, uh, you haven't been on your job regularly in three years and you haven't been, you know, paying or reporting taxes, you are not going to be an ideal candidate for a big bank. So what do I recommend? Check with your mortgage bankers, your mortgage brokers, excuse me, that are direct lenders. There is a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference mortgage uh uh mortgage brokers is different than a mortgage banker look it up there's a difference right mortgage brokers are shopping loans for you they charge you a fee mortgage banker oftentimes working with a direct lender they're a wholesaler as well and so they're in the business of issuing loans and they know people don't always come mortgage ready meaning you're not perfect on paper they will work with you. And then there's this thing called CDIs. Check your CDIs, right? Your community development institutions, right? They are available to help the community get those first loans. They are available for that reason. In fact, they are they receive credit. Uh, most banks, actually, all financing institutions are supposed to help the community right and they're supposed to show that they're giving back so pay attention to what efforts are they doing sometimes that effort comes in full for in the full form of issuing mortgages to candidates that otherwise would not you know don't look great on paper but they have other compensating factors i'm i'm using them i'm using the terms that's what we do on this show because I use the terms and I use the language so that you can go out there and use the terms and the language. That way people know that you are knowledgeable, that you're, I'm empowering you with that information for a reason. You want to look to show that you have compensating factors, right? Such as you've been on your job for 15 years. Life happened, your credit is not all that great, but you have stable income. You've paid your taxes, you've reported taxes, you've got all your you know, tax documents, you've got a savings, right? You've seasoned your money for at least 90 days, at least 90 days, three months, okay? But my point to that, so that's talking about documents, institutions, you know, mortgage bankers, uh, direct lenders, mortgage brokers. But here is what I want to talk about uh, specifically in utilizing FHA loans, insured loans to purchase multifamily. Now, there's this thing called debt to service ratio. What does that mean? That means essentially if you look at a property of three units or four units, that property, and I've had to go back and forth with my lender about this because I kept getting the formula wrong. I was messing up. I was like, what? That's impossible in California. And it usually is. So here's what the formula is. The rents on a three unit to four unit property. Mind you, you are going to live in one of them. 
That is the rule. You are to occupy one of the unions. And, and I'm saying this because a lot of people have been saying this, you know, use FHA insured loans, uh, you know, live in one and have your tenants pay for your rent. That is ideally the goal of that loan product. But depending where you are in this country, some of these properties are not performing well. What do I mean? Those rents are not to current market value. How does that impact you? Well, you're paying almost, you could be paying, depending how you negotiate your final purchase contract price, close to market value for that apartment, right? Small apartment. We're talking about three to four units. So if you're paying close to market value on a small apartment and you're collecting rents that are below market rent because the owner has had it for the last 15, 20, 30 years, because that's what's coming up on the market. A lot of our 60 to 80 year old uh, owners are now liquidating their portfolio for retirement because what's happening is they are living longer. Some are outliving their benefits, the income that they set for retirement, they're outliving it and they need money. There's different strategies they can utilize, but some are deciding that I don't, I'm, too, I'm getting too old, I'm older, I don't want to manage this property anymore. I'd rather cash out now, market's doing well, I want to sell. Okay, great, you want to sell. But now when I walk the property, and I ask for estoppels, right? Rent estoppels, or I ask for the P&Ls, profit and loss statements, what do I see? I see these rents are at $800. Market rents are 1,900. Wait a minute. <laughs> we're, 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 we're kilometers, miles away from where we need to be. So what happens now? Your client loves it. You as a buyer, you love it. You're interested. And I, when I say client, I'm talking about agents and brokers who, who also need to know this information. I'm also a professional agent trainer as well. And so these are my trainings and discussions that I have with my industry colleagues because most are not privy to the lending side of it, by way, um, which by the way, I'm not a lender, but it is very paramount that if you're going to be in the real estate industry that you understand financing because if you don't know how to finance a deal you are not going to know how to help somebody get into a property right and financing a deal can involve creative fine creative financing like seller financing private private money you don't have to do the traditional or the conforming loans like fha conventional VA loans, which is for veterans, or the USDA loans, which is uh, from the Department of Agriculture that allows you to purchase rural real estate, right? So there's different loan products available. It is up to us as a professional to know how to finance, how to assist a particular buyer getting their foot in the door. And so oftentimes, especially with this book, big push to house hack and invest in multifamily, depending where you are, the rule of thumb is that property has to what is called debt service. What are we talking about? The servicing of the servicing, there's debt. What's the debt? The mortgage. 
right? The mortgage. And so what the good news is, is that the lender is saying the rents just have to be at least 75%. I'm giving you the formula. The rents have to be at least 75% of the mortgage. Mm. All right, so let's do an example. So do an example then. If I've got my trusty calculator here, got my trusty real estate calculator. There's tons of them on in, in apps, right? So you can get out your trusty calculator. So let's say I've got four units. Let's talk about four units at $800 per unit. So I can only use the rents on three because I'm supposed to live in one of them. So 800 times three is what? 2,400. So my rents are 2,400. What was the formula? 75% of 2,400 is what we need in order to use FHA. We need to show that, that the rents can cover the mortgage, that it will debt service. It will quote unquote pay for itself in essence with little to little to no income from the owner, right? Payment from the owner. So it's perfect if we can actually, it's perfect if we can actually uh, not have to pay for anything, but then that's not going to be practical in today's market. So here we go. We've got 2,400. And so our mortgage, depending on our purchase price, can easily be 3,500, 4,000. So if I take 2,400 times that, by 75%, I'm at, I'm at 1800. But you're purchasing in, in today's market with a mortgage of $3,000, close to $3,000. This is an example in my market, right, for four units. And good luck if I even get it, get my mortgage at $3,000, I'd have to put a higher down payment. So one or two things has to happen. I need to increase my down payment so that my mortgage is less than the rents that I am collecting. If my mortgage is greater than my rents, it is not debt servicing. And what does that mean for using FHA insured loan? You cannot use it. It ain't going to work. It's not going to work. Okay. So I'm going to pause there. Let's take a little break. I'm, I'm going to, you know, have you marinate on that because I just talked about purchasing residential property with an FHA insured loan, this whole theme about house hacking. But what I haven't been seeing anybody talk about was debt servicing. Because now you're pumped and I'm, I love that you're pumped. But see, I'm, I'm a realistic. I'm realistic too. I'm going to talk about the money, how much you need to bring to the table to make this deal work. And can you use FHA to purchase three to four units? right? Most people are not having that discussion. And I think it's a disservice because it's misleading to tell people that, all right? All right, let's continue. Let us continue. All right, so as I was sharing with the FHA transactions, I just talked about debt service, uh, debt to service ratio using the FHA insured loans. We were talking about commercial real estate. Sendant is one of the companies that is a holder of commercial real estate. 
Now, when you too want to purchase real estate, uh, you are going to be expected to look into uh, coming with 20% down on commercial real estate. And depending on the uh, investment type, warehouse, uh, churches, which was one of my first experiences in real estate and commercial transactions, uh, was a church. Very, very, very difficult to finance a church. Uh, reason being is because the income is dependent on its patrons, meaning how much donations, activities, et cetera, that the church is collecting and bringing in. And that's why you oftentimes hear your uh, apostles and preachers, pastors, et cetera, are talking about keeping the lights on, right? Because there's the lights and there's the mortgage, et cetera. And so that's oftentimes wise because if they want to leverage that asset, they've got to show that they've got a consistent uh, income coming from its uh, activities, its if it's members and patrons, et cetera. And oftentimes, if it's not sufficient, what the lender will look for is a personal guarantee from uh, one of the board of the directors, depending on their credit and income. And it's a tricky thing because the board of directors are uh, can be collecting a salary from the operation of the uh, of the religious organization. I just don't want to say church because um, I don't want to be exclusive to temples, synagogues, etc. So in terms of commercial real estate, uh, that also applies to uh, religious-based organizations. So you're looking at anywhere from 20 to 30%. And those, uh, how we look at the requirements is what is called the LTV, right? Loan to value, LTV. That stands for loan to value. All right. <clears throat> so with that, with that, I say, let's let's continue, right? Let's continue as we talk about loan of value, because here we have Walter Forbes. Mr. Forbes was doing something interesting. What was he doing, Lisa? He was misreporting how much income and assets Sendant was actually bringing in. They were not profiting, in fact. They were not profiting. And why would someone falsely report or misstate the income and assets. Something similar to what I was just talking about. And this all ties in to lending and financing because if you're reporting that you've got millions of dollars of income and assets, what does that mean? You can tap into OPM, other people's money. Other people's money. And what are they going to, what are they going to ask you for? Your PLs and the uh, debt to your—they're going to check your debt to income ratio. They're going to—they're going to want to look at how the company's performing if they're going to loan, right? Loan any more money. So Walter Forbes, who was a former corporate executive ascendant, also now also known as our now known former federal prisoner. He was charged with one count of conspiracy of securities fraud. Now, I talked about this is because here's this big company. And who are you defrauding the shareholders? You're, you're defrauding the shareholders. You are misstating and, and reporting that this company is doing well when, in fact, they are not. So along with his one count of conspiracy, 
to commit securities fraud. He also was charged with two counts of making false statements, false statements for inflating and reporting the income and the assets for Sendan. So you get charged for that. You say, oh, oh, it's just a line item. It's no biggie if we just, you know, say we made this amount and, you know, we'll eventually make it. So it's no biggie if we just go ahead and say we're doing well. No biggie. Dude, you just committed fraud. <laughs> and in fact, thank goodness this was an internal audit. See, the company did its own internal audit and likely they probably had some suspicions as they were, you know, they said, let's open up the books and let's see what we have. What assets do we hold? How much income are we generating? What salary are you, you and your homies paying, right? <laughs> Forbes and his top executives. What, how much are you paying yourself? And as a result of this internal audit, the attorney, district attorney's office, uh, he was indicted. He was convicted. They were convicted as well. In order to pay, I tell you, this was not little money. This was big money. They were ordered to pay $3.2 billion, with a B, billion dollars in restitution. That means all the money that you received and you were earning and you were benefiting from our way of punishing you is not only just giving you time, but ordering you to pay that money back. Pay the money back, $3.2 billion. Imagine that. All right, we're going to wrap this up and let's talk about investing in REITs. So REITs are known as real estate investment trusts. We're going to do a full-blown class on this. Today is not the day. I just want to talk about it because as we're talking about shareholders and a company like Sendant, who is an owner of these pieces of real estate, you too can be an owner in pieces of real estate and not necessarily have to deal with the management of real estate. I think that's what makes REITs attractive to people is that it allows them to invest in a pool, right, in a portfolio where the um, the owners and the operators of that portfolio are seeking to maximize profits and they're seeking and they're always seeking to acquire uh, income producing assets. And so those income producing assets can be uh, commercial real estate, such as office, apartments, uh, buildings, separate from apartment buildings, but buildings, warehouses, hospitals, shopping centers, hotels, and even commercial forests, which is something new to me, is what I'm learning, even commercial forests. So you don't have to feel like you have to purchase real estate or be in the real estate game by way of using a conforming loan or some type of private financing where you've got to uh, save, go through the process and own, own the asset yourself. In fact, you can be an investor in, in the portfolio where you own pieces of it by way of a REITs. It almost acts or reminds me of ETFs. So if you may not be in the stocks game, right? You're not investing in stocks. And I think crypto does the same thing as well. You may not own a full Bitcoin, you own a piece of it, right? You may not own a full stock, 
but you own a piece of it, right? By way of ETFs, which are, you know, uh, collectively pieces of those investments. I, again, I'm not a stock broker, so don't consider any of this financial advice to you, but I do want to expand the conversation beyond the actual physical, you having to be involved with purchasing the commercial investment. So instead of working your way to 20%, having to manage that property, having to pay the uh, in, the property taxes, the utilities, managing and dealing with the repairs, the expenditures, right? And then also capital gains, et cetera, et cetera. You may be more attractive to saying, I want to do, I want to get into real estate. I want to invest in it, but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all that overhead or all the other aspects of it. I don't want to manage it. So then maybe a real estate investment trust may be ideal for you. So you can keyword REITs, R-E-I-T-S in any, uh, uh, on your online search, tons of YouTube videos where you have people who can talk more and expand. Again, we'll do our own session where we'll talk more about that. But for today's conversation, I wanted to leave you with some positive news, positive tips for you too, so that you can, uh, also be involved in purchasing or investing in commercial real estate. You can get in on some of this millions and billions as well. We don't leave that just uh, up to Forbes uh, who defrauded uh, Sendant, his, the company he was working with, uh, to tap into his own millions and billions of dollars. It ended up costing him longer in the end. All right. With that, I say, listen, we're going to wrap this up. Great having you on. If there's one thing one thing that uh, you benefit benefited from today please drop that in the comments let us know provide some feedback and again thank you for sharing liking and subscribing we are on all platforms there's no exceptions i have been just kind of saying it where we are just for the sake of saying it but at this point we are available on all platforms both live and on our radio podcast platforms everywhere all right, with that, I say have a powerful and productive week and I'll see you next week on Ready, Set, Real Estate.